Straight Talk from Israel. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Hi, everybody. This is Tamar Yona. If you were wondering why I wasn't on the air last week, I have some very sad news for me personally and my family, and that is that my my dearest, loving, wonderful mother passed away, and I was sitting Shiva, which is uh, the seven days of mourning, that a Jew does when someone in their family, in their immediate family, has uh, passed away. And so I was off the air. It was a very difficult time in the entire family. Of course, we don't work during that time. We are giving honor and mourning those that passed and also trying to get through this new reality ourselves. And so that is what was happening with me. As all of you know, uh, who know me, I don't tend to talk too much about my private life. I keep my radio and uh, uh, it's not always easy for me, but I did want to share this with you. It is a part of life and I thought that you all should know. I want any of you who are thinking, oh, tomorrow we're so sorry and you want to send me condolences don't write me condolence letters. I don't need that, but it would be wonderful if anyone who cared to would do a good deed in the name of my mother, Miriam Leba Bat Chaim Ze'ev. For those who understand what I said in Hebrew, you understand. For those who didn't, you can just say Tamar Yona's mother and uh, just do a good deed. What does that mean? It means maybe give, if you're Jewish, give tzedakah, do something nice for somebody else that maybe you wouldn't normally do. Give a donation maybe to the station if you'd like. That would be very welcome. We actually have a tab on our homepage that says donation. You can do that. And you can just call up a person who you think might be lonely and find out how they're doing. Whatever good deed you think that you would like to do. That would be really nice. All right. So I did want to just make that small announcement. People have been wondering where I've been and, and that's that. So we will go on now with our live show this Sunday afternoon, July 10th. How did a nice Jewish girl from Delaware end up living in Israel? Shalom, I'm Natalie Sapinski. Join me on my show, Returning Home. Meet different people who have moved to Israel. Hear their personal stories, their highs, their lows, and everything in between. Each week, we talk to experts on immigration and the process of moving to Israel. Listen to Returning Home every Thursday, only on Israel News Talk Radio. All 
All right, we are back here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. I want to say hi to everybody who's listening in from all over the world, France, India, all over the United States, uh, other countries as well. I want to go quickly to the topics we're going to be speaking about today and the title of the show. I think I might call it Assassinations and Elections. We're going to find out more about that. Uh, Also, the G7's demand to transition to renewables is an utter failure and consequences that may be coming. Our guest is Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. He's a researcher, former lecturer at Ben-Gurion University, and has authored over 80 books and 400 research papers on science, history, and more. He commentates on Mideast and world issues. Welcome to the show, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Thank you. It's good to have you on. All right, so uh, where would you like to start? Well, I, I need to start with a, with a bit of an apology to our listeners. Um, I, I, I frequently quote from various uh, people that I can that I respect in terms of the, their, their knowledge and things like that. And one of them is Peter Zion, and I've mentioned him several times over the over the over the years. Peter Zion is is very knowledgeable, very good at what he does. Um, he, he collects data, for instance, in uh, economic data and demographic data, and he compares them, and he, he's generally very, very interesting. But um, if we look carefully at what he's said over the past few months about the war in Ukraine, he has very consistently been exactly 100% wrong. And he made a statement towards the beginning that because of the sanctions on Russian oil, uh, 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 oil, the, the, the oil in Russia would back up to the uh, to the pumps, and that would cause them to force the force a, a closure of the pumps, and that would be uh, a tremendous catastrophe. Four uh, mil, uh, a million barrels per day would go offline, etc., etc., etc. And I believe them. I accepted that because I respect him, and I did not. I was insufficiently critical. He was been totally wrong. Russia today is delivering more oil than they were delivering before the war. Their income from energy is higher than it was before the war. Everything concerning Biden's sanctions against Russia, everything bar absolutely none have failed. Everything. Ironic or planned. I believed him too too thoroughly. Very ironic, or perhaps that was the plan all, all along. I don't know. No, go ahead. Let's not, let's not go so far. I, I, uh, Biden and, and his and his Bidenites are, are stupid, but they're not that sophisticated. I mean, they can't have planned to do that. By the they way. They can't plan to do some of these things in terms of China, and we'll get to that a little bit later. Okay. But, um, By the way, uh, Mordecai, I just want to interrupt you for a moment and, and just let people know, and you, you yourself, in case you didn't already know, you probably do, is that U.S. President Joe Biden is coming to Israel this week, I think on Tuesday or Wednesday. It is going to Wednesday. be what we say a balagan, a crazy mix-up in the city center area where he's going to be staying. So stay out of the city center if you have a vehicle and know that there's going to be lots of traffic, lots of uh, different bus routes, etc. It's going to be messy. Go ahead. Yeah, uh, he's coming on, if I remember correctly, on Wednesday evening he's supposed to arrive. Um, uh, I have great hope that he'll, 
say something so totally stupid and absurd that even the peed won't be able to bear it and throw the throw the bum out. Oh, but that's besides yes. the point. Okay. And <laughs> um, right. uh, next thing I, I need to talk about is Shinzo Abe. Shinzo Abe, Zahorobaha, um, was a great man. Was really a an amazing individual. He was the most pro-Israel prime minister of of uh, uh, Japan since the San Remo conference in 1920. Under his, uh, under his guidance, uh, Japanese investments in the Israeli economy rose from $20 million to $7 billion. Hmm. Wow. Um, he was a great friend of the United States, a great friend of, of Israel, a great friend of freedom, a very smart man, a true 100% patriot who deeply loved his country, his people, and his culture. And, and I, I really respected him highly. And the world is um, not just less safe, but a little bit cheaper because of what happened with him. And by the way, I have to add to that, sadly, that I have seen speculation from a usually reliable source that the um, while the person who fired the shots apparently has been apprehended, it's not clear if he did it on his own accord or if he was sent. And I won't continue on that thought. People can continue that by by themselves. Um, the next subject uh, of the of these brief subjects that I wanted to cover is the 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 uh, elections that are supposed to take place here in. On the 1st of November, first of all, a mild correction. Everybody's saying fifth election in three years is actually four years, but that's, you know, that's just a, a technical correction, not really mm -hmm. of, of central importance. What I want to emphasize at this point is that surveys are already coming out. Surveys in generally are at best BS. Surveys this early are simply nonsense. So anybody who's looking at these surveys and associating with them anything concerning knowledge is simply fooling themselves. And I know because I used to go out with one of the surveyors. <laughs> so you know all the secrets. Well, not all of the secrets, but I do know some of them. <laughs> okay, well, sh why don't you share one with our listeners? I mean, they listen to Israel News Talk Radio because they want the in-depth story of Israel that other people don't get. Well, I, I won't mention names because that, that would be impolite. No, you don't have to. The person has, as, uh, as Not we necessary. say, Chazab uh, Tshuva, and I don't want to insult anybody. Okay. But, um, they repented um, of their ways, he's, he was saying. Yes, they, go they, ahead. They, they, the, the lady uh, um, was a, a, a very highly regarded surveyor, uh, political surveyor and things like that. And um, uh, she admitted to me um, quite readily that, they all knew that the surveys were nonsense. That was intentional. The objective of the surveys was not to reflect actual public opinion, but was intended to influence public opinion. The objective of the survey was to influence public opinion, not to reflect public opinion. Mm -hmm. So, so in other words, explain that. that. That's still the case. I suspect it is. But ex ex you need to explain that. Every election... 
Sorry? I'm saying you need to explain that because let's say that someone wants to vote for a political party that's not very popular yet or or whatever and they and and the surveyors say well according to our survey they're not even going to make the minimal amount uh that they can even get into the Knesset so then a person will say well I don't want to waste my vote so I'm not going to vote for them and then they'll vote for another party that they wouldn't ordinarily vote for. And or it could be that a party, they, they say, oh, this party is going to get so many seats in the Knesset from, from the votes that we are, that we are projecting, uh, seeing, seeing. And they'll say, well, they don't need my vote, so I'm going to vote for, you know, a different party. Correct? Well, that, that's the objective of the surveyors. Yes. That, that's why they do what they do. But I can say that I have a database of all of the surveys Going back, I think almost thirty years, um, not only was not was no survey even appro- approximately correct, but the average error is twenty percent and sometimes even more than that, and that's an enormous error, particularly if every single survey claims that they are that their degree of accuracy is like four percent or four point one percent or blah blah blah. It's simply that's simply fabrications. So if your question is correct, your question is poignant and to the point, how should a person look at that party when they're looking at the survey and the survey is telling them, giving them some inclination that maybe they should not? And my answer to that is that um, you cannot allow yourself to be influenced by the surveyors. I won't say all of them, but a vast number of them are simply lying to you intentionally from the very beginning. And I know that for a fact, and I can prove it with numbers. Go ahead. Okay, so the, and, and the last of the, uh, of the little things that I wanted to talk about, I wanted to mention, is uh, 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 there's an enormous amount of chaos going on around the world, both uh, um, uh, in terms of nature and in terms of, of, uh, uh, of people. Um, I, I just heard a report just a few moments ago that there are now um, uh, massive protests of farmers in the Netherlands, Spain, Poland, Ireland, Italy. And I'm thinking I'm, I'm thinking that I'm missing some one or two other European, but almost every European country, the farmers are up in arms, and that's very strange when you think about it because we know that. The war has caused famine, that there are already some 70 million people that have that have gone into abject poverty and food shortage um, because of this war. So why would the governments of these of these countries be telling their farmers to farm less? Good question. I don't have a good answer. But it might be something to think about. Well, I, you know, less food means more control that the governments have over its population. That's hungry. Um, but we're going to a break right now. We're going to be right back after a very short break. And when we do, uh, we're going to have more information for you. Remember, this is a live show if you're listening on Sunday afternoon from 4 to around 5 p.m. Israel time. We are changing our format and going as long as we need to. We'll be right back. Thanks, everybody.
You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio. This is Shai Bentico, and each week I'll be webcasting to you from Judea, origin of the word Jew, a people besieged and beleaguered in every generation. Nazi Germany is but a memory, but in its place the world invented the phantom Palestinians as this generation's internationally authorized Jew killers. Tune in for a different slant on life in Israel. Phantom Nation, every Monday. We're back here at the Tamar Yona Show on IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Our guest is Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. And we're going to talk now about the G7's demand to transition to renewables and what an utter failure it's going to be. And it is. Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Well, once again, I remind people that my professional background is in energy. So presumably, I think I... I can I can say that I know what I'm talking about when I talk about energy, since I've written some unbelievable, stupid number of papers on the stuff, etc. But anyway, um, the, the 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 G7, along with a lot of these other people, uh, 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 the 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 votes crowd, and all these others, are talking about this great transition. Biden has been plugging it forever, etc., etc. Everything about it. Everything, every aspect of it is a horrible and complete failure. Let me give some brief numbers. Um, every European country, bar none, is reopening coal-fired power plants. Every single European country, from uh, Britain and the, and, the, and, and the West through the, all the countries in the, uh, throughout Europe. They're all reopening coal-fired power plants. And not only that, but um, uh, uh, I, I, I'm, I'm always amused when they complain that they, 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 they sanction Russia for its honest energy, and then they complain vocally that Russia is using energy as a, as a weapon against them. The, the degree of hypocrisy by these countries is just phenomenal. Um, so uh, uh, we need to understand some things about these so-called renewables. The first thing I'll mention is that 95% of polysilicon manufacturing in the world is manufactured by China. 80% of all photovoltaic panels are manufactured by China. This entire scam, its whole purpose is to transfer wealth from the West to China. It's Marxism, and as Margaret Thatcher always said, um, communism is great until you run out of other people's money. So they want to simply ensure that China does not run out of other people's money, though to be frank, China is running out of other people's money, because China is in the process of, of rapidly going broke right now, but people aren't aware of that. China right now has a $1 trillion deficit in local governments, despite all of these scams. Biden's green strategy is also a complete collapse. The sanctions, as I mentioned before, against uh, Russia, against Iran, against Venezuela, all of them have backfired. Um, Chevron, uh, a major U.S. oil uh, uh, company, is now in uh, 
uh, uh, uh, advanced negotiations with Venezuela to bring Venezuela oil into American refineries, all behind the back of the American taxpayer. Biden's um, uh, um, uh, release, double quotation marks, of uh, strategic oil in the uh, strategic petroleum reserve has backfired. Not only has that not lowered the price of oil, most analysts today are saying that that has actually caused a spike in the price of oil. One, among other things, because a large portion of that has gone to Europe and to China. And needless to say, that oil does not belong to Biden, it belongs to the American taxpayer who purchased it. Uh, Russian energy revenues continue to rise. They have risen so far by 3.5% above what they were before the Russian invasion of Ukraine. They're already higher than what they were before the war. As is, for instance, and that's despite um, despite the uh, discounts that Russia is giving to places like uh, 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 India, China, and Pakistan to, for purchasing their oil, despite that, their revenues are already are already above what they were before. Um, the largest crude importers today, China, India, South Korea, the United States, and Japan. The United States is the fourth largest crude importer in the world today. Two years ago, the U.S. was a net exporter of crude. Two years. Hmm. Isn't Biden amazing? Yeah. Coal prices now are five times higher than they were in 2021. Thank you, Mr. Biden. <laughs> yes. Um, natural gas is 10 times more expensive than it was before in, 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 in 2021. Thank you, Mr. Biden. India, by the way, as, as the, uh, uh, produces about 75% of its power from coal. China produces about 85. I think it's 84 to be exact, but it's about 85% of its of its uh, uh, energy comes from comes from coal in China. Um, a particularly obnoxious comment by Biden that really d- disturbs me. Maybe because I'm religious. I don't know. Is, is religious is being religious a problem these days? Um, Biden made a statement that last quarter Exxon Mobil reported five and a half billion dollars in net income, and that's. And I'm using his language, unfortunately, more than God. Hmm. But unfortunately, uh, he didn't mention that uh, uh, Apple's last quarter net income was $25 billion. In other words, five times more, five times more than um, uh, ExxonMobil. But then ExxonMobil did not uh, invest millions of dollars into Biden's coffers. And his and his personal finance, Apple does. So is Apple making five times more than God? Is that is that the way it goes? Now, uh, I don't know. And you know that the, the, the Bidenites have a, have a, uh, 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 an interesting um, an interesting philosophy of life. When all else fails, lie. Look, over the last uh, 12 months, ExxonMobil has reported $25.8 billion in net income versus Apple's $102 billion. If we go farther than that, the, the discrepancies get even larger. These are uh, entities anyway 
some of them more rich than country, diff, certain countries of the world. Oh, clearly, much more. I mean, if you talk, if you look about the, if you look at these large uh, tech companies, uh, Google, Facebook, um, uh, uh, Apple, uh, uh, Amazon, any one of them is larger than the vast majority of countries in the world in terms of income. Um, there are very few countries in the world that have an income of $100 billion a year. Very few. Uh, uh, I think it's about, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken, it's about 20 countries like that or maybe less out of 200. So, yes, these are much larger than countries. Yeah. Um, speaking of much larger than countries, and that's a very apropos statement of yours, uh, Tamara, thank you. Um, uh, uh, there have been interesting um, news lately over the last couple of weeks out of um, Congo. Now, everybody remembers the Congo. This is a place where the uh, 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 um, uh, super clean and super uh, uh, cultured uh, Belgians slaughtered uh, 10 million people uh, 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 just 100 years ago because they did not meet their rubber uh, uh, um, uh, um, uh, uh, demands. Or uh, in, in many cases, there was one case, for instance, where uh, that was photographed by a, uh, uh, a photojournalist at the time, and, and that, was, that was in 1906, if I remember correctly, where they uh, one gentleman did not meet his quota, so they um, uh, cut off the arms and legs of his daughter, who was five years old. I out. They disemboweled his wife oh, my and God. then forced him to eat the meat. Now I have to make this X-rated the show. Okay. It's very uh, well, that's, that, that, that's that's the Belgian. These are the Belgians that that are always so quick to um, pass judgment upon everybody else's humanity. Where can people find out? You know, find that online. Oh, it is, there's so many places. Uh, it, it's 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 very prevalent. Um, I, I even saw. An, uh, 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 what would they search for? Give me just. Uh, what would they search for? Belgian Congo. <laughs> Very simple, Belgian Congo. And then, what, no, but punishments or what? Congo, they murdered people by, by 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 massive quantities. Up till 1960. Okay, I'm I'm doing a search right now for Belgium Congo punishment. And some things are coming up here, but I don't have time during the show. I'll check it out later. All right. We have like another minute until we get to the end of the segment. How do you want to? Okay. Just much a, 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 a basic statement. Despite more than $1 trillion in investment in Europe, solar and wind delivered today 1.8% of their energy. Germany spends more on this climate garbage than on education, police, courts and prisons combined. And the spending has achieved less than 1% of its goals. And is that from incompetence or purposely? Well, sort of both. It, it, starts, it starts from being that it's just amazingly stupid to invest in solar panel in a place that is constantly covered by clouds. I mean, a, a kindergarten child would know that. 
Germany yeah. is cloudy. There's no sun in Germany. Why would you install solar panels? It's unbelievably stupid. All right. Yeah, we know a lot about committees that decide crazy things. And you think minds come together and decide things like that. All right. We're going to be right back, everybody, after the break. Don't go anywhere. We have a lot more to share. Hi, I'm Rabbi David Aaron. The soul basics are the most profound, the most essential, and yet often the most neglected in our education. Join me for Soul Talk on Israel's News Talk Radio and discover the secrets to love, spiritual growth, and personal power. We are back here on the air on the Tamar Yuna Show, and this is our last segment. We are joined by Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem, who is our guest. We've been talking about assassinations, elections, atrocities, unfortunately, and consequences of uh, renewable renewables, etc., energy. What would you like to cover in the last segment, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem? Well, just a few little items that, that people might be interested in. Uh, some consequences of the war that people might not have expected. <clears throat> uh, a consequence that could have been expected to begin with, um, a, a very well-known analyst by the name of David uh, Goldman, I strongly admire, considering one of the finest um, journalists on the planet today, has computed that, uh, normally speaking, when a country loses 30% of its manpower, it has lost the war, and it then surrenders. In other words, historically, when a country loses 30% of its manpower, it surrenders in the war. That's what happened in Germany, for instance, in World War II. They lost 30% of their, of their men. The Ukraine has lost 80%, 8-0, of its manpower, killed or wounded, 80%. Russia is already drawing down its manpower. So anybody, any of these so-called uh, uh, media operations that are still claiming that Ukraine is winning is, again, simply lying to you. Now, a, uh, a, a, a fascinating uh, um, uh, uh, consequence that I certainly didn't expect, and I suspect that most people did not, Ecuador in South America has lost over 300,000 jobs in the banana sector because of the war in Ukraine. Isn't that ama an amazing number? Isn't that an amazing thing to say? Indeed. Why is that happening? Well, because the United States will not allow Ecuador to export its bananas to Russia. And Russia was its largest customer. Go on. Now, why would the United States think that not exporting Ecuadorian bananas to Russia would have a consequence in terms of Russia conducting a war in Ukraine? 
<laughs> Again, it's unbelievably moronic that it makes absolutely no connection with reality. So what is your supposition? I I, I, I got to look at the data. I mean, this is what has happened. Um, why the United States does it, I have no idea. Look, the United, one has to ask the simple question. The people throughout Latin America, I would say even more strongly South America, are uh, um, people that have culture, people that have uh, relatively good educational systems in most most um, uh, South American countries. Um, these are countries that have that are rich in, in natural resources. Yet there has never been a successful country in, in South America. Never. And why is that? Well, because over the decades, over the centuries, the United States every time. Any country in, in Latin America, anywhere in Latin America, begins to have a government that actually functions well, they overthrow it. In the 20th century, there were 40 coup d'etats in Latin America sponsored by the, the United States government. 4-0, 40. Hmm. What did America gain from that? Basically, not a damn thing. Except they like to exercise power. That's that's what America does. So if the, is this is this part of the same thing that we're seeing in Ecuador losing three hundred thousand jobs, three hundred thousand families have to go hungry because the United States figures that bananas foment the war in Ukraine somehow. I don't understand this. Does anybody understand this? Can somebody explain that to me, please? Well, if anybody does, I want to remind everybody, this is a live show. So if you'd like to comment or ask a question on the topic that we're talking about, you can call in. If you're listening on Sunday between around 9 to 10 a.m. U.S. Eastern Time or 4 to 5 p.m. Israel Time, that means that we are live and you can call in. Our numbers are on the top of our homepage at IsraelNewsTalkRadio.com. Feel free to call in if you have a comment or question if you're listening live. All right, so continue. And, and let me just add to that that if someone has a correction for me, I am more than happy to learn from anyone. So if people say that I'm incorrect or can expand upon something I'm saying, please do. Please call in because... Okay. I love learning. That's what I do. All right. Yes, you are a scientist, a researcher. Yes. Okay. So uh, <laughs> Russia's not getting bananas. <laughs> That's... If, if it wasn't so tragic, it would be hilarious. But I, but I pitied the four, poor Ecuadorians. I mean, you know, the Russians can live without a, without a banana here and there. But, but Ecuador, that's their main source of income. Well, maybe they can have a middleman, you know, like if they got, let's say, I don't know, like some other country to buy the bananas from Ecuador, and then they sell the bananas to Russia. I don't, I can't can't comment on that. I don't know how that works. I don't understand about the banana market or the banana industry. I don't know anything about that. Okay. All right. So next topic, because we're going bananas um, here. um, You know, People are aware that a lot is going on in financial markets right now, in the whole area of finance, um, issues of, uh, uh, you know, you have money, what do you do with it? Um, uh, uh, Where do you store it? People are aware that there there are basically two kinds of investments. 
stored value and uh, 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 speculative investments. You 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 purchase, for instance, gold to store value. Today, a lot of people uh, are talking about crypto as stored value. I personally don't quite really accept that, but that's my my personal opinion. Uh, I think crypto is uh, still too young to be reliable, and uh, the uh, the results over the last couple of months have apparently shown me to be correct on that. But I, ignore uh, ignore me on what I'm saying about crypto. Um, uh, people need to be aware that Wall Street um, really is not really interested in their customers. If people haven't paid attention to that, um, I, I should I should uh, preface by saying that in the late '90s, I had several major Wall Street um, na- names as clients of mine. Um, companies like Citibank. You know, little guys like that. Citibank, um, uh, that, 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 um, what's his name? I forgot his name. That big uh, insurance company that has a pyramid in San Francisco, whatever their name is. I forget the name. Um, uh, Barclays Bank in, in England, blah, 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 et cetera, et cetera. So Wall Street is not really interested. They're interested in fees. They don't live off clients. They live off fees. And if you're way of looking at the world is through the fees through what you charge for, for for your various services that has a different way of looking at how you react to clients needs people need to be aware this is a i'm going to make a statement that is not pleasant and not polite no major us bank has a solvent balance sheet not a single one no major U.S. bank has a solvent balance sheet. All of them have substantially larger obligations than assets. Now, this is not a healthy. This is not a healthy situation. We mentioned previously about China that the local governments are a trillion dollars in debt. The exact debt of the financial sector in the United States. I've not been successful in finding it online. I don't know how much it is. It's not a small number. For investors, this is the time to learn patience. I will not tell you what to invest in and what not to invest in. I'm not allowed to do that, nor do I think that I'm qualified to do that. What I can tell you is that almost every analyst, investment analyst who's worth anything, will tell you that a big win takes at least five, six years because you need to allow compounding to do its job. So if you're thinking about what to do with your money today, you need to be thinking <clears throat> you need to be thinking in different terminology, in different different way of looking at things than you would have done even six months ago. Inflation is not slowing down. It is still rising. I personally believe, and the definitive data has not yet been published, that the United States is already in recession. Many analysts are saying that now. That's to say the quarter that ended a week or so ago ended in a downturn, which was compounded from the downturn in the previous quarter. 
That's the definition of recession. Two quarters, two consecutive quarters with a contraction. I believe the United States is already in a downturn, if that's correct. Inflation plus contraction is what's called stagflation. Stagflation is not a good place to be. And expect more shortages of everything, probably. I, I do want to ask you this, uh, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. Maybe you can say a few words about what happened and what is happening in Sri Lanka with the overthrow of their government. Well, it's not really an overthrow of the government. It's, an over, it's, it's, the, it's only the prime minister that's um, uh, um, uh, that the flu. I mean, he, he, he just ran away. Uh, and he ran away because he basically uh, uh, destroyed the country. Again, Sri Lanka is a country that should have everything going for it. It's fantastically gorgeous. It has natural resources. It used to have some of the best tourism in the world. It has, it's, it's, I mean, it, literally one of the most beautiful countries physically in terms of, 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 of physical attributes, one of the most beautiful countries in the world. <coughs> and it, it did okay uh, economically for, 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 for many decades. But along comes the, uh, the globalists and their uh, uh, ridiculous ideas in, in terms of, of, uh, of energy and energy sourcing and things like that. And the government just simply did everything wrong. They, they, they have no more foreign currency. They can't buy fuel. They can't buy medicine. The government, the, the country itself. Um, and people are um, quite reasonably very upset. And they began to literally... Um, pound on the walls of the presidential palace, physically, literally pound on the walls, until he ran away. Fled the country. Where he is presently, I don't know. I don't know if anybody does. Um, they are begging now India for uh, basic needs. India, of course, is a large country that's very close to Sri Lanka. Those who aren't aware of, of what that, of the name Sri Lanka they may perhaps remember it. The, na- the island's name is Ceylon. The country's name is Sri Lanka. So you may be, if you, if you study geography around the time when I did, which was a long time ago, um, you may remember the name Ceylon. Um, anyone who's uh, an aficionado of uh, science fiction is probably familiar with the name Arthur C. Clarke. That's where he lived. Uh, and he lived a very good life. The place is a marvelous country. But today, because of the globalists, because of the ridiculous ideas coming out of uh, Davos and all these other things, the country has basically been trod upon to the point where the people have no medicine, no fuel, and very little to eat. So then you would justify uh, this overturning? Again, it's not an overturning of the government. This change. The government. And they simply more or less forced the prime minister, who was a jerk, to, to flee. flee the country. To flee. So, yes, I fully support her. I believe very strongly in the, the concept of government by the people. Right. And certainly for the people. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Um, anything else you wanted to talk to before we end? Uh, say goodbye? Um, well, no, I don't. No, I you don't, have time I'm if you need. 
Um, let me just make a, 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 a sort of a, a basic statement. A lot of people have been asking me lately if I'm claiming that the world is entering a new dark age. I answered emphatically no. The world is not entering a new dark age like, like happened a thousand years ago in, in Europe. And the reason why, the, why I say no is because the world order is being rewritten. Strategic competition is changing. Configuration of alliances are changing. Global economic uh, uh, structures are, are changing. Inflation. Um, uh, transnational supply chains are breaking down. Financial volatility, violence, etc., etc. Is that the makings of a dark age? It could be. However, what's different now from what happens in the in the past is that today the world has other factors. It is no longer a unipolar or even bipolar world. There are countries, and I will dare to say it like Israel, that are actually taking care of things. And so the as, the actual caustic effects of all of these, even cumulative, is much less than what it could be were, were countries like us not around. We really are doing an amazing job right now in the world, even for the people that don't like us. Well, give us an example. Give our listeners well, an example. Uh, let's take an example. Uh, Israel is the number one factor in the Middle East uh, promoting a peace. Again, people aren't aware of that. But <laughs> you Israel know, is the most powerful <laughs> country in the in the whole, in the entire region, or in every aspect, economically, sociologically, and militarily. And we're basically keeping the peace in the Middle East for the most part. I mean, not internally, so the, the war in Syria, or certainly between countries, we are. I want to. I want to just add this. I was speaking to my uh, one of my in laws, the father of my daughter's husband. He was telling me today that he's going to Dubai this week um, for business. They they're they're helping uh, the the people in Dubai learn how to make. Um, I don't know how to say it in English, like a refit. What is it? How do you say it in English? A cow barn. A, a, cow, a, dairy. a dairy farm. Right. Dairy farms there. And, and they have to have air conditioning. And <laughs> it's really hot there. Anyway, that, that's, that's not what I wanted to talk about. In any case, he was saying how the uh, people there in the UAE hate uh, three, three countries they hate with a passion. One or three, three uh, nation. No, well, one is a non-nation, I should say. One is they hate the so-called uh, Palestinians, the Arabs in the Palestinian Authority, or any Arab that identifies as being this fake news uh, nation called Palestine. They hate them. Number two, they hate the Iranians. And number three, do you want to guess who they hate the most? I would guess the United States. You know what? That is not a uh, that is not a bad guess. That that's not what he said. But uh, well, let let me just say with the Iranians to explain that they're afraid of Iran because Iran wants to swallow them up, and so they're an extreme threat to to these uh, Gulf countries. And that's another reason why they're interested in making peace with Israel because they want Israel to have their back. They want to um, protect themselves. But the ones that they hate the most, and I was surprised also, are the Turks, the Turkish. 
And I said, was that because of the Ottoman Empire? And he said, yes. Remember the Turks did to them for 400 years. Yeah. So exactly. So it was. So I figured uh, it was the Ottoman Empire when they were ruling over or occupying these countries. Uh, They hate them with a passion. I thought it was very interesting. And he gave it to me in in that order of uh, peoples that they hate. Okay. I'm not surprised at all. I would say even more than that, um, the ruler of of the... And that they love Israel, by the way. They don't just, like, have good relations with Israel now. They love Israelis and love Israel. That's what he said. All right, go ahead. Uh, The the present ruler of, of, uh, of, of the United Arab Emirates, who was the crown prince at the time of the signing of the Abraham Accords, He's now the, he's now the, uh, his, his father passed away and he's now the, the ruler, uh, um, has said very clearly that he expects to make the next stage after oil is trade with Israel. He expects to make $1 trillion in, train, in, in trade with Israel over the next 10 years. So that's looking up. It's a pretty amazing thing to say for our rule of our country that used to be ostensibly against us. A trillion dollars is not chicken feed. That's very encouraging. That is very, very and encouraging. And in addition to that, you, you look at things like where the areas that are not necessarily economic, that we already have uh, uh, deepening connections. Um, in, in, in space exploration, an area that I've been involved in, we're already doing joint projects. Well, so where some things look down, some things look up. Some things are looking yes. up. I said, this is one Thank of you. I do not believe we're heading for a dark age. Thank you, Dr. Mordechai Ben-Menachem. We'll be back next week, God willing. Thank you, everybody, for being with us. Next up is Returning Home. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. Just click the orange button at the top of the IsraelNewsTalkRadio.home page, log in as yourself or an anonymous guest, and join in on the fun. You'll meet other listeners from all over the world who listen to Israel News Talk Radio, and you can make new friends. Israel News Talk Radio's chat room. It's the closest you can get to being in the studio with us. We love listening to Israel News Talk Radio. Where can you get the inside news on Israel? At Israel News Talk Radio, we're dedicated to sharing Israel's inside story with the world by providing our listeners with news on Israeli politics, current affairs, and Israeli Jewish culture. The Israel News Talk Radio homepage also provides you, the listener, with useful information at your fingertips with scrolling news headlines, weather, currency exchange, Shabbat candle lighting times, and so much more. Our radio programming is always accessible and on demand. We operate absolutely free of charge for everyone, everywhere. If you love what we do, partner with us now by becoming an Israel News Talk Radio supporter. With your support, you'll be inscribed on our Israel News Talk Radio Wall of Fame. There's nothing like us in the world. Be part of something great. Israel News Talk Radio. Straight talk from Israel. If you love Israel News Talk Radio, then you'll love our Facebook page. We keep you up to date on what's happening in Israel. Plus, little surprise treasures that we don't share on the radio. Go now to follow us on Facebook. Just look for the Israel News Talk Radio Facebook page. And don't forget to subscribe and follow us.
by clicking on the like button. We post great stuff there that you'll want to share. Israel News Talk Radio on Facebook and Israel News Radio on Twitter. News, opinion, and more. You're listening to Israel News Talk Radio.